Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Mike Carberry, and I'm proud to bring you another webinar um, of uh, updates in healthcare. And we have a very special guest today, somebody that uh, is in the medical world, but just about every chiropractor should be aware of this person. Uh, we have Dr. Stephen Brownstein. He's a medical doctor and a board-certified radiologist, graduate of Robert Wood Johnson Medical School at Rutgers University, and um, a big fan of chiropractic. Welcome, Stephen. Good morning. Yeah, so you actually have a business partner who's a chiropractor, um, but your your real claim to fame in the chiropractic world is you wrote the uh, forward for Yoakum and Rose book that every chiropractor swears by in school and radiology? Yes, I did. So how did you get that honor? Well, um, we had to go back a little bit. My first job was at Union Hospital, which was an osteopathic hospital. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, uh, one day I'm reading some films and this tall, bald guy comes in the room with some x-rays. Happened to be Dr. William Witter, who's a, a Dagbar chiropractic radiologist, and whose son was a resident, an osteopathic resident at the hospital. So we went over the case and, and over time we became very good friends. In fact, when my dad passed, Bill became my adopted dad, so to speak. And uh, Dr. Yoakum, Terry Yoakum, used to come into Newark to do lectures and uh, Bill, Dr. Lear introduced me to Terry, and then we became good friends. Every time Terry came into town, we'd go to Bill's office, put up, you know, teaching cases, and basically drilled each other. Uh, and then uh, Terry was still going back and forth to Australia. When he finally settled in the States, he decided to write a textbook. And uh, the one thing he couldn't get was an MD radiologist to write the forward. So Dr. Lear asked me whether I could do it. And this is going back you know, early 80s before Wilkes versus the AMA, and mm -hmm. it was almost criminal to be associated with you, uh, yeah. <laughs> let alone write a forward to his textbook. So I said, no problem. Uh, so I wrote the forward to, to Terry's book, and it, it's gone on to become uh, not only used in every chiropractic school, we'll, we'll, with well over 50 medical schools also using it. Wow. So I'm really proud of that, and you know, Terry, if he was left-handed, probably would have been a pitcher instead of uh, a chiropractor. And his his daughter is now a chiropractor radiologist, uh, Alicia, and she's joined his practice. He, they're actually building an addition onto his house because she's into uh, musculoskeletal ultrasound and, and therapies. So also, uh, Bill introduced me to uh, Lindsay Rowe, the other you know young Turk uh, with uh, Lindsay and Rowe. Uh, and then... A couple years later, when I was at the VA, Bill and I decided to donate our teaching library to Palmer College. Now, wow. it wasn't a small library. They had to have three students come out with a U-Haul to come to Bill's house and then to my house. There must be thousands of x-rays, thousands of slides. So, you know, it got to Palmer. There was a nice write-up. And a couple years later, Dr. Mark Urey, Dennis Mark Urey, who was a radiologist at Dagbar at the time, was writing another textbook. And Dennis asked me, can I use a couple of your cases in my book? I said, sure. About a year or two later, I get a copy of the book. 300 of my cases are in Dennis's book. I said, Dennis, my, my name should be on the friggin' cover. <laughs> um, so I, I have the distinct honor to be a major influence on the major two major radiology textbooks every chiropractor in the world uses. So yeah. like I said, you know, I could become friends with any chiropractor in the world as long as he has a bookcase. You know, the, the, the thing is, I, I when I was in school, I wasn't the smartest guy in school, um, but I, I uh, 
you know, I did my work and I got my grades and I passed. But when I got out of school, I started seeing a high volume practice. You know, we were doing 700 visits a week and I saw so many x-rays that that book became my Bible. And I kept looking stuff up because I see something on x-ray. I'm like, what the heck is that? And uh, it really was an essential tool for me to be successful at what I was doing. So I appreciate the work you've done. You were actually friends with chiropractors before it became cool to be friends with chiropractors. So uh, yeah, it's an honor I, to have you on the show today. Yeah, you know, I've so, seen you all, you know, when I was a radiologist at the Union Hospital, we were basically forbidden to do referrals from chiropractors. Now, since the MRI, you know, the MRI, the, the radiologists are begging chiropractors to refer their MRIs to them because now they can make money off chiropractors. Before, right. they were like the play. Right. Which, uh, honestly, I, I've been a chiropractic patient since probably when I was at Union Hospital. Actually, it was an osteopathic manipulation then, uh, but then Bill manipulated me, and, and most of the people who worked with me are Palmerites, uh, you know, Dr. Kronk and also uh, Dr. Siafi, who's one of my partners in the imaging center, and Dr. Puglisi, which works with us with spinal kinetics, they all went to Palmer. So oh, okay. we all have the same, t- you know, my back is used to their hands on me. Yeah, yeah. I went to Life, which was a, a sister school to Palmer, so... Uh, but they're all good schools. I've met good chiropractors from just about every school there is. And, um, you know, it's just, it, it's time for chiropractic to step up and take its role in healthcare. And I think that we see that happening. So tell us a little bit about your career. Um, you know, I, I understand how you got involved in chiropractic, but what you've been doing and, and your impact on healthcare. Okay. Well, uh, since uh, I guess 1997, I've been in private practice and I've either owned or been medical director over 30 imaging centers in New York, New Jersey, and Minnesota. Uh, I've uh, given uh, MRI certification courses for uh, New Jersey Association of Chiropractic. Um, And about 12 years ago, I was introduced um, to um, digital x-ray menstruation. Um, In other words, uh, measuring intersegmental motion by placing points on five uh, points on each vertebra, having a computer generate a report. Uh, and uh, we used software someone else developed, and it was clunky and some other problems, but it happened that Dr. Kronk was using the same software. So I happened to call uh, the person that was you know, uh, distributing the software, and Jeff had, happened to be in, in with him you know, at, the, at his house. So you know, talked to Jeff and I kind of got a sense that, you know, sooner or later, uh, I want Jeff to come on board because Jeff had his own digitizing service. Mm-hmm. He actually was in practice for 15 years, used, used this technology, basically ran his whole practice centered on spinal ligament injuries. And he, he, he had moved back to Minnesota from uh, Washington because of family matters, but he decided he's, he's going to strictly do this digitizing service. So about 10 years ago, Jeff joined us. We brought Jeff on board. At the time, he was head of medical, you know, medical uh, head of education for our company. And, uh, you know, the last five years, he's been CEO. Uh, he basically runs, you know, we're in all 50 states, and he runs 48 states. Uh, uh, I run New York and, and New Jersey. Um, but Jeff has produced more information and he has 80 hours of didactic stuff that he's, he's dwindled down. He does 20-minute presentations to attorneys. And he was the one that, that came up with, you know, 
when, when somebody is injured, there's a force and then there's deformation of tissue or injury. And if he asks either a doctor, a chiropractor, or a lawyer, you know, when, when you get injured, motor vehicle accident, acceleration, deceleration, or what are the lesions left behind? Like gears and with the headlights. There's only basically three, fracture, disc, and ligaments. Mm -hmm. And the, the problem is, you know, well, not a problem. You know, fracture we diagnose by x-ray or CAT scan or MRI. The MRI is great for discs, but discs are only 23 of the 220 so, so many ligaments. And there was no way to really properly diagnose the spinal ligament injuries until uh, the computers came along. And now we developed our own computerized radiographic menstruation analysis, CRMA. We trademarked the, the name. And we have providers from all 50 states sending us x-rays. And they have to be stress radiographs, flexion extension, cervical and lumbar. And uh, uh, we plot the points and the computer spits out the report. And frankly, you know, since MRI, it's the most exciting thing I've come across because it's such a simple test that's universally available. Wherever there's an x-ray, and there's x-rays all over the world, yeah. as long as you can do stress radiographs, we can do the, the procedure. And it drives all care paths because it's like a Swiss Army knife. You know, the, the manipulative therapist, chiropractor, osteopath, PT, helps them. Regen medicine, which we'll talk about a little bit later on, helps them. Surgery, uh, the, uh, in order to uh, get fusion uh, uh, applied or, or, or allowed, you had to meet certain criteria. One of them is these measurements. They had to be in excess of you know, a certain amount of measurements based on, all this goes back to the AMA guys' permanent impairment. They came up with consensus numbers. What's normal motion, what's abnormal motion, what's severe, what they call alteration of motion segment integrity or, or spinal instability. And that's different at each level of the spine, correct? Or, or well, multiple it, it, it's different. In the cervical spine, there's that 3.5 millimeter translation greater than uh, 11 degrees angulation. In the lumbar spine, it does vary by level. Uh, you are correct. Uh, and um, so, and also sports medicine return to play parameters. If you look up the guides, they use the same measurements. You know, right. 3.5 millimeter translation. Kid has to go for you know therapy until you know he's he's better. So um, we're really proud in that we've identified and created something that is universally available, objective, non-biased, third-party, which I truly believe has to be. Right. That's available to everybody, and and it helps drive all care paths. It, it's a perfect model for your model, if, if I can use that term. I can, I, as, you're, as you're speaking, I can see it plugging right in because, you know, uh, I know that a lot of times surgery is done uh, subjectively and, you know, that's not good for anybody. And our whole mantra is least invasive to most invasive. We're not saying you should never do most invasive. Obviously, if somebody's all five translates much more than five millimeters, they, they have total instability. That would say, I, I'd say, you know, you need to talk to a surgeon. Right. But there's a lot of times when people just say, yeah, it looks like you need to do surgery and they don't actually use objective criteria. And the old days of taking the clay marking pencils that we used to use with the measurements on the x-rays and, you know, so you're saying this is all computerized now. You just click on the points and it measures it. And you got the, the definition whether it's a candidate for surgery or not. Right. 
you know, the wax pencil, if you measure, it's two, two millimeters. Now, if, if you have to be accurate to a tenth of a degree and a tenth of a millimeter, how the hell can you use a two millimeter exactly. block to do that? Exactly. But, so, you, know, the, the, you know, you mentioned, you know, uh, and, and I just did a, a, a podcast entitled Why I Love Chiropractors. And the main thing was, one, they help patients uh, without the use of drugs and try as best they can to keep them away from the surgeons. Because I had back pain myself. I had a herniated disc. I was about to have surgery. And I said, stupid. You see the results of the surgery. You know, mm -hmm. You've been looking at MRI since 1984. You see the results. There's either bad or worse results. There's no good results. And right. you know that's you know your mantra, what you've developed this wonderful um, program with systems in place that the nice thing about it, we have two things. We have the technology, and Dr. Kronk actually has taken that technology and devised a standardized protocol for working these patients up, as well as online courses to educate the doctors and the attorneys. So we have basically a soup to nuts, done for you program that could easily be uh, plugged into your pre-existing chronic model. I know you do some acute work, but just, you know, for argument's sake, you have 500 clinics, roughly, and yeah. they each say, for argument's sake, have to see a thousand patients, for argument's sake. 10% of those patients are gonna have motor vehicle accident or be injured each year. So yeah. 100 of those patients, or 10 a month, need acute evaluation. Or haven't been evaluated at all. You know, it's right. almost like a, a, a quote unquote post mortem that you already had the accident and you want to know what's wrong. Right. They haven't been evaluated for spinal ligament injuries. So the test can be done even you know, three times acute or three different scenarios acute, somewhere in between, or actually as a post mortem, almost like a plaintiff IME, where the lawyer wants to know exactly how damaged his, his client is, we can establish you know, he has spinal instability. He has aberrant motion, he has pain, sensory and motor uh, findings at that uh, level, so he has spinal instability. These injuries are permanent. They do not go away. In fact, the AME uh, in their guides to permanent impairment rate, if you have alteration motion segment integrity or spinal ligament instability, it carries a higher whole body impairment than two discs or surgery. So it is the most important diagnosis that has to be treated because untreated Undiagnosed, uh, well, undiagnosed, untreated leads to chronic, uh, chronic pain. Yeah. And your 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 goal in life is to get rid of. You know, you wrote a book. You know, the 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 uh, end of healthcare as we know it, or whatever the title. Death of American healthcare. I yeah. I couldn't find it on Amazon. I was gonna I was gonna speed read it. At least I would have known. But we know the facts. You know, the U.S. is the uh, country uses the most drugs, and the opioids and uh, I codons and all that stuff, we had to stop the cycle. Um, yeah. I, I was a member, uh, I don't know whether you know Dan Bennett, he, he formed the National Pain Foundation, and he was trying to raise awareness using NASCAR. Um, and, uh, you, know, f you know, for whatever reason, didn't, didn't take off, but you know, I've been in trying, to, we, we believe in the same thing, you know, yeah. no, no, no drugs, unless absolutely necessary, certainly no opioids, and no surgery unless absolutely necessary. So if we can make early diagnosis, 
and with your integrated model, which is genius. You know, it, I, like I said, I used to own MDDC practices. I know mm -hmm. all about, you know, multi, quote unquote, multidisciplinary practices. Basically, it's like a sack of potatoes that you pass from one to the other to the other. And it, it, it doesn't work as well as, you know, you have basically, uh, there's a book called uh, the, the Genius, uh, the Group Genius. And what happens is when you bring, as you said, multiple technologies, in this case, multiple medical practice, practices together, chiropractic, right. PT, medical together, the, the sum is greater than the parts. There, there's a spark, exactly. a spark of knowledge that gets passed from one to the other, almost like electricity, that helps the patient. Patient's in the middle. Yeah. So you get all this juice of this intellectual knowledge that you've managed to uh, get your hands around and control it with your systems in place. It, it's beautiful. You know, it, That's right out of um, uh, Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, and some of his other books about the mastermind and the sum is greater than the parts. And when you get good minds together trying to tackle the same problem, you get energy and knowledge far beyond anybody in that group could, could contribute on their own. Right. And, and they say that the knowledge is incremental. It just doesn't happen right away. And, and chiropractors, you know, they, they have this magical technology available to them. And for the life of me, half the chiros aren't taking x-rays anymore. Which yeah, I don't know why. To me, well, you know, I do know why. I do know why. They, they are not being reimbursed in a lot of states. Um, so like, for example, in, in the state where I have a practice, I don't live there, but the one of the main insurers there say, well, chiropractors get $60 a visit. You can do whatever you want. You know, you can take x-rays, you can do an exam, you could do rehab, you could do whatever. You only get 60 bucks. Or you could toggle C1 and you get 60 bucks. So the guys are not, they're shying away from the x-ray and I'm going, I, I don't do x-ray for the money. I do x-ray because it gives me the information I need to manage the patient and to see if I'm actually making a difference. Um, plus, when the patient sees that picture of themselves and they realize how bad they are, it's a much, it's a great motivator for them to go, I need to stop this. This is like, you know, it's like seeing a cavity on an x-ray. You go, oh man, that tooth is worse than I thought. When you see your spine degenerating in an area of an old injury, People look at it and go, crap, why did I let this get this bad? So it's, to me, the most valuable tool that we could be using. And to see somebody putting uh, a menstruation process that's digital to it is phenomenal. I mean, you know, I didn't realize, I knew that that would probably come about, but I just never really looked at one. Um, so this is really, really important for our profession and for integrated model. No, absolutely. In fact, we're probably three months away from launching a uh, artificial intelligence platform with uh, CRMA on it because that that's the next thing but um, you know I know uh, you know you do your review of findings with patients yeah and you go through you'll show them the x-rays but it's much more convincing if you have measurements objective documentation yeah I agree you know, we, we talked about MRI a little bit and and you know besides MRI not really de designed to look at unless you do specialized studies that, such as craniocervical imaging. Um, the, the other problem is, you know, you have humans interpreting the films. And right. up until probably 2004, there was no standardized definition what a disc is, a bulge, a herniation, protrusion, extrusion. Uh, they came, uh, they finally, in the lumbar spine came up with standardized nomenclature. To this day, there's none in the cervical spine. 
So one radiologist can read a bulge, the other one can read a herniation, and you know it's a matter of interpretation. But the good thing about another good thing about the CRMA or you know the spinal ligament injuries, if you diagnose spinal injury, ligament injury and you have a disc abnormality at the same level, actually, you know it, one it's not subjective. One test is not subjective and actually protects the disc case that the same a shearing compressive force that caused the herniation also caused the spinal ligament injury. Also, they've then done studies where they uh, compared extension radiographs and the percentage of cases had positive MRI. And there was very high predictive, uh, uh, positive predictive value and negative predictive value in um, if you had a spinal ligament injury, there was over 95% chance that you had a herniation. If you didn't, there's over 90% chance that you didn't have a herniation. Right. So uh, that, and, and also, you know, uh, we were taught first day radiology, you see what you look for, you look for what you know. Well, two problems. One, most doctors aren't looking for these. And two, they don't know how to look for it because right. we actually published a study in 2015 where we looked at 100 sets of x-rays, cervical and lumbar, sent them out to a board certified radiologist to interpret. We also did CRMA, computerized radiographic menstruation analysis. There was 27 radial severe sprain findings on CRMA. Radiologists found zero. Really? So, and, and I went back, I looked at the cases, I would have missed 50%. I know what to look for. So one, they're not being looked for. And two, they're not being, uh, they can't be diagnosed unless you use a specialized computer program. Because if you look at, if you plot the, the things, the convergent point is off the screen. So unless you have a specialized computer program like we've developed, you're not going to diagnose these things. So um, I'm really proud of the two things that we've come, uh, come uh, across or, or, or developed. One, the CRMA test. And in fact, Dr. Kronk has used the technology to develop a system that can plug into your system to really help both of us attack the thing that we have in common that's pain. And the opioid. So what you're, what you're saying is with an existing digital system, you could plug this in. Does it have to be an existing digital system or? No, no, no. We, we have, you know, there's still doctors sending us x-rays, sending us this, or electronically transferring for either from their office if they have a, a digital or from the imaging center that they work with. We've done all. You know, when yeah. we first started, it was mostly film. Now 95% it's digital, either yeah. on disc, uh, CD, DVD, or through point-to-point -point from imaging center or a doctor's office to our uh, server. Right, the cost of the uh, digital units have gone down significantly in the last decade. So a lot of our guys have them. And the reason a lot of our guys have them is because we found that when a medical person, even if it's a nurse practitioner or a PA, orders the, the films or orders the uh, x-rays, they usually get paid for it. So yeah. they, our guys are using them more. I tell them right off the bat, <coughs> excuse me, you need to use that. That is such a vital tool um, to see what's going on. And now with, with your measurements, it would be way more valuable. No, absolutely. And, and a spoiler alert, I, I really can't say it. There's a company, I can't mention the name, but it's developed a new technology for x-ray using nanotechnology. And it should be available after the first of the year. So, then so that would, nanotechnology would increase the clarity or? What? Well, it, 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 there are no rotating anodes, no tube replacement. Um, and it's a model that is going to be very inexpensive. I can't go into more details because I'm forbidden, but 
Um, it, it's something where uh, every single one of your clinics yeah. could have an extra unit in and could really blow this up. And every patient that's been injured, you could properly diagnose. And with your group genius program, with all your systems in place and integrated model, it would absolutely blow the place up. Okay? Yeah. You'd be able to do what you want to do while you wrote that book. Yeah, yeah. And you know, interesting thing about that book, the reason it disappeared from Amazon, they were, you know, we were going to print it, they were printing it. Um, but then without any explanation one day, they just said, we're not printing this book anymore. And they wouldn't even answer our emails. And uh, one of my family relatives who apparently was doing business with them said, oh, well, they got into the pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical market. That's why they're not going to print your book. So uh, we do still print it, but we print it here in house and people have to get it through our website. So um, if you if you need a copy of that, I'll make sure you get a copy. Absolutely. We're, we're on the same path together. Okay, good. So. Um, so tell me about, you know, we talked, touched on this, um, MDs and DCs working together in integrated practice. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that in your experience? And then also how your, your measurements would be applied in that? Since, just so you know, I'd say about 10% of our clients are strictly PI. But I would say probably about 50% see some PI because they have patients to get in car wrecks, like you said. Uh, so in your experience, what do you see as, as that model compared to the traditional model and how would your instrument work with that? Well, you know, for, first of all, let, let's go back a little bit uh, to the days of uh, where chiros were uh, before MRI, let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. And a chiro's biggest fear was sending a patient out to another practitioner like an orthopod. Right. Because one of, one of two things would happen, or one of three things, only one good the patient would come back. The other, the, the orthopod would steal the patient, mm -hmm. or two, he badmouthed the chiro. Right. And so uh, many years ago, one of my partners had uh, several chiropractic uh, practices, and he said, Let, let's do an MDDC model. And we hired an osteopath to actually work with the, the practicing chiropractor in the office. And it worked well for a while, but Obviously, personality sometimes doesn't work, and we went on to imaging centers. So, um, more in, in New Jersey, by the way, they didn't pass that law. I know you had in one of your webinars or your, your pep talk, you asked somebody whether New Jersey got the law passed where Kairos could hire MDs. It, unfortunately, it didn't pass. So, you know, Kairos now, you know, they can do MDDC where the MD has to be 51% of Kairos, 49%, yep. or the I'll other point the same way. Yeah, or the other model uh, where they just rent space. You know, they have the, the uh, acupuncturist, they have the, you know, this, that, and the other thing, and kind of just, you know, based on Medicare, the usage and all that stuff. So, um, unfortunately, New Jersey is a pain in the ass to work in with uh, most of the time. But listen, I, I, I was born here, went to do my residency in the same place I was born. Uh, so I'm here in New Jersey, but as far as getting back to the question, I think that this, as I said, the, the CRMA is a Swiss army knife. The information can be used by everybody in your uh, care path, by all the care paths. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the things we haven't talked, we talked briefly about, but chiropractic has to own this model, you know, and has to, you know, even the integrated, I truly believe that 
Kairos had to do whatever they can not be assimilated by osteopaths to a point where osteopath, osteopathic manipulation is an elective in osteopathic school. Yeah. What Kairos do best is manipulate the spine. And also, Kairos are so far advanced in this knowledge that most MDs are so far behind that you know, the Kairos had to lift the MDs up and educate the MDs, but you don't have time you know, for all of them to get on board first. You, you, the Kairos had to push the model forward, and the MDs will catch up. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. There's a lot of MDs out there that want to do it, but they don't have the knowledge because that's not what they're doing day to day. And um, unfortunately, the Kairos are doing it day to day, but they're not getting reimbursed for it. So, you know, this model, I think, will change healthcare to where we can actually have a, a less invasive um, treatment protocol. If we know that it'll be a shift of dollars. It's a disrupt disruption of the industry. Um, if we reduce, like I, I was looking through your book, and uh, $283 billion spent on back pain in just 2012. No, it, it's, it's nuts. The, the, the burden of musculoskeletal injury, they, they published a big document a couple of years ago. And you know it, it, it's, and what what's happened is if you look at a person's injured, the insurance company do what does whatever it can not to pay. Patients aren't properly diagnosed, not properly treated. They go on to chronic pain. So right. basically, there's the displacement of financial responsibility from the automobile uh, carry uh, from the automobile insurance carriers or work comp carriers to health or Medicare. You know, they have to cover the burden. And, and Jeff, Dr. Crunk published some uh, numbers. It, it costs somewhere in the neighborhood of $11,000 a year for a person to, to treat their pain. You know, wow. because these aren't diagnosed. It, it's crazy numbers. And I, I think for the first time with your genius and our technology and just programs, we have the ability to make a major impact on your current clinics, which are 500, whatever they are, but 10X, as Grant says, 10X them to 5,000. And I think right. you have, you know, between Grant and Brandon and Jeremy and Eric, and you have, you have all the ingredients to blow this thing up to where we can make a significant impact on all these patients from the beginning. Let's, let's get to them. Great, you have the chronic model. But let's get to them before they get there, at least in the spine. And the spine model is the easiest one with standardized protocols and standardized tests that plug and play. You know, get even as 10% of your clinics, if those 10%, you know, you have 10% of the patients that are going to be injured. So, and Jeff has a whole program on marketing and all that stuff as well. Right. That white label, whatever you want to do, you know, we can do it. We'll talk. But just your current clinics and the population that you're currently serving whatever number it is, say it's 100,000 patient lives, 10,000 of those patients will be injured by motor vehicle accident, work-related injury, slip right. and fall. Right now, you don't have any standardized system, standardized protocol how to treat these patients. You have the chronic model, plug in the acute model, it, it's intertwined. You may have to tweak it a little bit, you know, like a patch between the two, but that's simple. The hard work, the heavy lifting's already be, been done. You did so, have, no, I'm sorry. Let me, I was going to ask you a question because, you know, we don't typically measure uh, ligament instability on a chronic case. Uh, I'm sure there's times that you would, but 
I know most of our guys don't. Um, so I don't even know what we would find. But I know if you found, if you looked at an acute case when I was doing some PI and I did some back in Pennsylvania, we would always do the films flexion extension and lateral uh, flexion to see if there was instability. Um, in your experience, when somebody has that injury, because I know that one of the things we dig for is what was the uh, initial injury. And I would say 75% of the time people go, you know what, this started 10 years ago and 12 years ago I had a car accident. They, they've spotted. it. Um, so what we're dealing with in our chronic model is car accidents decades later. Um, in your experience, should we be measuring instability on those chronic patients and what would we expect to find? Well, I, I think uh, probably Jeff could answer it better, but you know, my, my gut feeling is that certainly if the patient has an exacerbation of their pre-existing condition, if you will, then you're going to evaluate whether they have spinal inst new spinal instability, quote unquote, because there's no sense, sensory motor or pain um, symptoms. And I know, you know, symptoms, you know, to function, you know, you, you want to see what the symptoms are due to. If you have spinal instability, spinal ligament injury at that site or aberrant motion at that site, you're probably going to treat them different potentially than if, if not, if they're, you know, immobile where they're, they're, they have no, no mobility. You still want to get motion into the joints because lack of motion, you know, leads to problems as well. So I think, you know, it, it, it can carry some weight, some significant weight, but by far the, the greatest usefulness is on acute cases because you're seeing the result of the acute injury. You, you have accelerated degeneration. In fact, there's a, a lawyer uh, in Minnesota, uh, Doug Schmidt, who's an advocate, he's an actually teaches lawyers and doctors about CRMA. Because he had like a 28 year old um, that had a car accident. And within five years, they had a spine of a 60 year old. Wow, to, yeah, I can see that. Failure to diagnose these conditions. So, yep. you know, I, I don't want to beat, uh, you know, beat this to death, but uh, all I'm going to say is we, we have the technology, we have the, the program, you have the genius network of your integrated, uh, advanced integrated uh, program. And it's, it's, to me, it's a marriage made in heaven. Yeah, I agree. You know, uh, I'll just tell you this from the, the films I typically ordered and then the doctors who work in my clinic and the nurse practitioners who work in my clinics, um, we would look for a flexion extension view on a chronic patient. What we're looking for on that, especially in the cervical, is was there um, not instability, but was the joint fused? Was it not moving intersegmentally, which we know is required for imbibition of a disc? But I can tell you, we've had a number of patients get in a car wreck after they became a patient. And the insurance company started fighting who's responsible. So we'd go back and take that flexion extension view again and compare it, measure it on the original, measure it on the, the later, and see if there was ligament instability. And we won a lot of cases that way, um, proving that, yeah, there was a change. Even though the x-ray looked the same, there was a change in the ability to move um, and the stability of that patient. So certainly having that objective data from the beginning would not be a, a reckless thing to do. It would be a very, very smart thing to do. I could see the application of this in this model for sure. Um, so I definitely, at, when we're done this webinar, you and I are going to talk a bunch more on this because uh, I can see that application. Absolutely. So what else can we give your, your audience that I can be of help to? to well, let, let me ask you a question about, and I don't know how much you know about regenerative medicine, but regenerative medicine is now a new 
factor in the game. So let's say somebody does have ligament and ligamentous instability. Um, you know, nobody actually knows for sure and can prove what happens when you inject cells from uh, a uh, an area like around Wharton's jelly or inside the amniotic tissue. So it's uh, immune privileged. When you inject that, we do know there's healing takes place. And nobody, everybody says, we can't prove that. You don't know what's actually working. And frankly, I don't care. If you can do something like that and get it to heal, now taking these measurements would be another way to determine what actually did you affect on that patient? You know, checking the stability ahead of time and afterwards and, and see what kind of changes. Even on an acute case, if you had an acute case and you're going to use regenerative medicine in that case, you could see, is there instability to begin with? And then measure after you're done your treatment, is there now stability that you affected without surgery? Um, I could see that being a very, very important factor. You know anything about regenerative medicine? Well, first of all, one of my best friends is Joe Krieger, who, who runs Boston BioLife. Okay. And uh, we're a sponsor of Boston BioLife. We've participated in uh, some of his uh, seminars, and Jeff and him were, were talking about launching some of our programs on his platform. And what I can tell you is within the next couple of years, regenerative medicine is going to have a major impact on the acute spine model. I know Chris and Tani out wherever I think he's Colorado, it's actually injected intraoral into the ALR and apical ligaments. Wow. Um, so, you know, uh, I, I truly feel that regen medicine is going to be the major player in the acute injury model, the acute injury spine model. Yeah, well, I, I agree with you. I mean, just based on what I've seen in the clinic, uh, there's still all those naysayers out there putting out the articles. Like, I just saw an article the other day where they're saying these thousands of injuries. I'm like, really? I know thousands of people got these injections. I don't know anybody got injured. So, um, but there's going to be a fight on it, but I do believe that there's too many, <coughs> excuse me, too many healthcare providers, especially in the medical world that see what happens to these patients when we inject them. And they're like, okay, I can't go back to the way it was. This is totally different. Um, we had an MD working with us in, in Chattanooga. He was our supervising MD and he was an internal medicine doctor. And he started looking at what was happening with our patients. He started playing around with the regenerative medicine himself. And one day he came to me and said, you ruined me. I can't go back to family practice. I'm quitting my job and I'm starting a regenerative medicine clinic because how can I go back to doing what I did before now that I know what this stuff can do? And that is a truly unbiased viewpoint of somebody observing it, seeing it. And I, I agree with you. It's the future. It's going to be the biggest tool in the future. It's not well, the only tool, but a, a very important tool. It, it should be definitely in your toolbar and tool uh, belt. But uh, I know in one of your uh, uh, podcasts, you mentioned uh, Arkansas and the work comp and I think yep. it's Walmart. Well, one of my good friends, Morgan Pyle, was instrumental in Dave Harshfield, Dr. Harshfield. Yeah, I know Dave. Yeah, Dave, he, 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 I call him Superman, he calls me Batman. You know, he's, he's truly a, a kind of a, uh, you know, he, he's a jack of all trades. He, he's a genius also, but um, I know they worked hard to get that approved. And, you know, it's a little, little, there's a glimmer of light that what we have to do is push through and open that door wide open. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you an interesting, interesting story. Uh, years ago, I went to tour um, a um, regenerative medicine lab. And it was a very prestigious lab, and uh, I went there, and they said, well, there's 
another person going to be on the tour. There's two doctors, you and this guy, Dr. David Hirschfeld. So I was like, hey, how are you doing? And we met each other and, and we sat and ate lunch together. Uh, very interesting guy. And um, he's gone far in his career. And he was very instrumental in that law in Arkansas. So, okay, we've covered an awful lot. Anything else you want to add to this conversation? Well, I think going back to chiropractic is that they have to lead this charge because until the MDs know how to diagnose and treat, not use drugs, uh, then the MDs and the big pharma are accomplices in this chronic pain and opioid crisis. And you know, doctors think going to medical school to kill people. And yeah. that, that's what hap is happening by not properly di diagnosing and properly treating these patients. We are starting to make inroads in that venue. We've had a number of surgeons reach out to us and actually a couple became clients uh, in the last year. Um, we've had a number of nurse practitioners reach out to us. One of my clients hired a surgeon uh, and she wanted to come down and check out my clinic. And I was in there with her, this is about four or five years ago. And she was brilliant. I mean, this girl studied at NYU and she was brilliant. And I said to her, Jane, why don't you want to be a surgeon anymore? And her answer just really like stuck with me. She said, I know, I see the national database banks. I, I'm, I'm at NYU. We have a 75% failure rate. And I didn't go to school to put all those years in to be a 75% failure rate. I was like, now that is a doctor with integrity. So yeah, there is a lot. That, that's one of the things I love about the integrated model is there's great doctors on both sides of the fence and they want to help people. They want to do the right thing. And we're more powerful as a group than we are individually. Because like you said, the, the sum is greater or the, the, the power is greater than the sum of its parts. And that's what we're trying to do. So I'm really glad you reached out to me. This was a very interesting webinar and uh, definitely got me thinking about stuff that I want to talk to you more about. Um, in Good. closing, is there any, anything else you want to add? No, keep, keep on doing what you're doing. Uh, I'm a fan. You know, I'm right behind you, whatever you need from myself, Dr. Kronk, Spinal Kinetics. Uh, just, you know, just let us know. We're, we're Okay. And if somebody wants to reach out to you, how do they reach out to you? Okay. Well, uh, my, my uh, best number is my cell number is 973-979-6630 or they can go to uh, dynamic medical imaging, uh, LLC.com or the Okay, great. Well, it was a pleasure to have you on the show and I'm um, looking forward to meeting you in person and, and carrying this conversation on in the future. Great. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Okay.